In this episode, we're going to be talking about low magic settings and what that is and how to apply it in your tabletop role-playing game. So stay tuned. Hey folks, so magic is a complicated business. On one hand, magic can feel the most powerful of wizards, the holiest of clerics, and can be a solution to pretty much any problem. On the other hand, magic can be extremely mysterious. Magic can be seen as something that is irrelevant that from the people and the places in that world. However, in certain settings and worlds like that of Westeros and that um, setting in which Warhammer, the fantasy game, is set, magic is one of two things. It's either non-existent or extremely low and invisible almost, or it's technology and it's masked as technology and therefore quote-unquote magic is useless. So you have those two aspects of magic and in this episode I really want to talk about that low to non-existent level of magic and I really want to show how one you can apply it in your game, whether you're starting a campaign, whether you're ending a campaign and transitioning into another game, or if you're in the middle of your campaign. This episode is going to give you the tools necessary to kind of implement um, a low magic setting in that world, how to go about it, and how to define it. Those three are really important when you're introducing something like this to players, whether they're veterans or they're new players. So let's get started. To start off, I want to talk about the three main magic levels. As I stated earlier, there are low magic settings that either have no magic or such a small amount of magic that certain people, places, or things um, have a quote-unquote real estate around that magic, or they keep it hidden and just don't really mess with it. So, for example, um, in Star Wars, the quote-unquote magic that I'm referring to is the Force. The Force in Star Wars, only a certain amount of people can utilize it. So yes, it's you know it's a high technology era, but the Jedi and the Sith are the only ones who can use this form of magic. Harry Potter is a great example, obviously, uh, but you pretty much get the you know get the gist of it. A select few people can either use this magic, so therefore it is a low magic setting. There's only so much magic in the world, and therefore it's very sparse. Or three, there's just no magic in the world. So that would be a low to non-magic setting. That's the first tier. The second tier is a middle level of magic. That's pretty much your typical fantasy settings, such as Forgotten Realms, um, the world of Pathfinder, or Dungeon World. Pretty much any of those games. Uh, magic settings, you're going to have a normal amount of magic. You'll have magic to heal people. It may cost something, but you'll have magic to heal. You'll have, you know, magic weapons and you'll have magic items. So it's not too unfamiliar. And the third level, which is the highest level, is high magic. High magic settings um, or almost, you know, hyper magic is what I've heard it called before, is that setting in that world where magic is overabundant. Uh, magic powers everything in life. So think Eberron, right? Magic powers the technology in that world. Um, another good example would be the anime Magi, where I think it's the second season 
or the second um it's it's this i think it's the second season of magi where they go into a world where it's completely and utterly powered by magic um if you haven't seen that i think it's on netflix shout out to magi it's a great uh, it's a great series and actually matt mercer is one of the voice actors so fun little fact about that but anyway magic that that high level or that high magic level is probably going to be your ultimate goal if you're wanting to have a lot of magic right so that's going to be something to to look forward to and, and i'll be um, posting another episode on that but for right now in a low magic setting the foundation of magic um, in the game shifts it shifts because in a low magic setting the magic in that world for some reason is not very strong um, it can be that there is a depletion of mana from the world so the that magic or arcane essence that kind of feeds those spell casters and feeds the creatures and beings that thrive on magic for some reason there's a depletion of that mana it can also be that the quote-unquote sources of magic have been cut off or restricted from the world meaning Let's say that there is a natural occurrence in which um, allows magic to flow in and out of that material plane. For some reason, that travel, that I guess I would say that source is cut off. So because that source is cut off, therefore magic is low. Another aspect of why magic can be low and again this is an explanation as to why you go into a mat a low magic setting and why it may even be present is magic can even be the practice or, or rather that practice is illegal so magic can be or, or rather a low magic setting could actually be low because the practice of magic is illegal or non-existent and you as a player or as the dungeon master need to go you know come together to find out and discover the reason why it's illegal or why it's non-existent maybe your dungeon master has come up with a reason maybe it's illegal because there's a you know conspiracy around it maybe it's non-existent because people have forgotten how to practice magic either way it makes magic users a very rare sight that's what I love about low magic settings. Low magic settings, and one of the reasons why you should implement it is because the magic casters or the magic users in that world are a very rare sight. And because magic isn't as prominent, when you're an adventurer, whether it's a wizard or a sorcerer, it makes that story a lot more interesting. It really makes that player a person of interest in the eyes of the NPCs. So let's let's talk about an example. Let's pretend that we're playing in a low magic setting and I'm playing as a sorcerer, right? In D&D, a sorcerer gains their magic from within. It, they're born with it. And imagine if I was in this low magic setting and I'm born as a sorcerer. I have this magic within me and I just discovered it. Well, Every NPC that I interact with that knows of my magic um, essence is either going to view me as a god, view me as a demon, or somewhere in between, right? That's pretty much what happens in the real world. 
when someone is gifted with a, an ability, whether it's crazy strength or intelligence, whatever it may be, we, we view that individual as someone who is, you know, a gift or someone who is a curse. Unfortunately, that's how it is in society sometimes, or at least that's how it was back in the day. Um, obviously, we're in a civilized uh, society, so we might not view that person as a curse, but in ancient society, that could have been a thing. I would probably even say that it was uh, a thing, right? That when you viewed someone who was special or different, um, you viewed them as either a god or a curse. So in a low magic setting, going back to that example, the NPCs are going to look at that character as someone who is not of this world, and it's going to be seen as a blessing or a curse. And one example that I really, really love, and you know, you, you could you naturally go to Harry Potter. I think most of us um, go to Harry Potter because he's pretty much a sorcerer, right? He was born with this magic ability and born in a world where muggles are around, but it's not a low magic setting in the same way because there are people who practice magic. It's just hidden from the world. However, there is a complete and entire um, society that's based around magic and that use magic in their everyday lives. You know, they use it to sew, they use it to wash dishes, whatever it may be. So it's kind of a hybrid mix. I, I would even say that that's a medium level magic uh, setting. But anyway, I digress. A great example is the world and the book series, you know, A Song of Ice and Fire, you know, Game of Thrones for those who don't, you know, don't know. The land of Westeros could be considered low magic. Westeros, that continent, um, views magic as something that's a little bit odd, right? They don't practice spell casting. They don't practice magic really in that world, or, or at least in that continent openly. The magic in that land is mysterious. It seems almost ancient because when you see the characters talking to one another, you see how they talk about the children of the forest or the White Walkers or even Dragonglass. It's all with this connotation that it's legendary and that it's some ancient form of power that was once, you know, witnessed around the world. You look at the white, you know, the, the wall that the um, White Walkers, quote unquote, passed and, and, and broke through. Again, I'm not trying to reveal too much if folks haven't read that series yet, but there is this giant wall made of ice and snow and magic from the giants and the children of the forest and the help of men. So, or rather the, the help of humans. And in this case, that magic was so long ago, it's almost ancient. So in Westeros, they have a very different view of magic versus Essos. Again, it's in the same setting, but in Essos, magic is kind of showcased a little bit more often. And it's still seen as mystical, but it's showcased a little bit more. So, you know, you, you think of it from a dungeon master perspective or even a world builder perspective where you think, how do the NPCs view this? How do the people view that? In this case, the NPCs in Westeros would view magic as almost uh, something that is not practical, probably something that's heretical because they have, you know, their own, you know, religious practices. 
versus Essos, they have a religious practice, but magic is pretty normal. So that is something that makes a difference, right? That that notion of is this normal, is this not normal? And one thing that I really enjoy as well about a low magic setting is that it kind of takes the pressure off some of the solutions and problems of the world. It might bring its own problems, but for the most part, it removes that. It removes the problem or the solution that magic brings. Meaning, when there's magic, it's very easy to say, well, this thing is powered by magic, and that's the solution. Or this thing is operated with enough magic to power you know, this city. And that can present a problem when you don't have a, you know, high magic setting, when you're kind of set in this low to non-exist, you know, non-existent space where magic is very, very rare, you have to provide a logical explanation. You have to provide an explanation as to how these things move and act and react. So take, for example, the cleric. Right. That is a divine magic in which the god or the gods bestow their magical power, their divine essence onto that cleric. So magic for a cleric is more divine. If that's not if if magic and again, if you're interpreting magic as both, you know, divine and arcane and natural magic which again, we'll go into in detail in another episode, a low magic setting would Emus would almost say there are no clerics, or if you are a cleric, you're almost like a prophet. Again, the same type of connotation of you're either a blessing or a curse when it comes to a low magic setting. Now, with all that being said, how does one go forward with this? How do you take this knowledge and apply it to your game? And honestly, you might be even thinking at this point, why should I even care? Well, the first one is how to go forward. I would actually start out small. I would pick a city in your campaign, a nation or a continent, you know, however, you know, again, scale it to the size of your world. But I would pick something small and I would even say that you create an organization if, if that's even, you know, too big or too small for you, but create a group of people that object to magic or do not practice magic. We can, you can still keep your high magic setting or your normal magic setting, but pick a group or an organization or a nation or a people or a tribe, whatever it may be, and remove magic from them. Then ask yourself the question, how do they operate without magic? What do they do to replace magic? Do they create technology or do they rely on their own, you know, free will and and kind of mental power to progress through the world and to progress through life? From there, when you take that world or organization, you know, for example, let's say I choose a nation that does not rely on magic. In this case, in my own homebrew world, the gnomes in my world do not practice magic. For them, it is a religious obligation for them not to practice magic. It goes against their religion. It's almost taboo, and they're a bit superstitious when it comes to magic. They don't believe that magic is anything good, 
they rely on the power of their minds and the and their minds have created technology so in that similar case create that group and give them a reason why they don't like magic in my world the reason why gnomes don't like magic is because it cursed a lot of their people they started to tinker with magic and it kind of you know imploded on them and they saw it as something demonic as they saw it as something evil so therefore they didn't even bother touching it and they didn't want to practice magic because of the negative connotation that it had so again they relied on their you know kind of willpower but they also relied on their mental fortitude to progress as a society so when you're like i said when you're creating this think of the why think of why they don't practice magic think of how they get along and how they really you know get through life without magic think of what are the things that prohibit them from practicing magic are there laws rules regulations and and everything in between that mandates them to not practice magic will they get penalized for it will they go to jail and if so for how long those type of questions are really simple to ask yourself and as you can witness right now where i've just asked myself those questions you can ask yourself those questions write it down and start building that world a, a lot of great things come out of low magic settings and as i said earlier you know how do you take this knowledge and apply it into your game well the next time you play and the next session that it really is going to be appropriate for it introduce your players to that concept you could even if you don't want to even create something i actually have a perfect idea the next session that you play make it seem that you're that the magic powers in their you know at their um dispense or at their rather at their luxury aren't working think of like a power outage what happens when your power goes out at your own home think about how you react to that make your players react in the same way pretend that there's a huge magic power outage and none of the magic items none of the magic you know magical powers that your players depend on they're not working so try to see how they react to that try to role play that and try to come up with ways to kind of you know counter that you're going to be very surprised at how you and your players um think about these things and kind of assess the situation and move forward from there it's going to be some really great rping as well and i'm not going to lie your players may be shocked at this they may kind of grumble a little bit but i think it's a really cool exercise especially if you don't want to create you know an, a whole another nation or group and and, you, and if you really don't want to world build that's a really good one as well or a good trick to to kind of play on or play with your characters on so with that being said why should you care well the biggest reason is from a storytelling perspective as a dungeon master as a game master we're always looking to become better game masters and we're always looking forward to being better storytellers this is one of those ways to tell a better story sometimes having restrictions on yourself allows you to be more creative and think outside the box and think a little bit more critically um, that line of questioning and that way of thinking allows you to also see what and how magic impacts your, your game 
one major, major hindrance to magic is that we can rely on it so much that we build our world around magic. So if magic is not present, it starts. we start to ask questions to ourselves and we start to see and think, well, how does this one function of society work, right? How does the, the divinity, um, how is the divinity, how, rather, how is the divine seen in that fantasy world? How do the divinity spells that a cleric um, is able to cast work in that type of world? Things of that nature. Actually, another great item and, and thought is how do magic items and magic weapons work in a world where there is no magic? And what constitutes magic? That's another great um, question to ask yourself. So that line of questioning provides a great storytelling opportunity for you and the players, but it also challenges you as a writer and a world builder and a game designer. We often don't think of ourselves as game designers, but we really are. If you are a world builder, if you're a storyteller, you're a game designer. If you're a player, you're a game designer. It doesn't matter. You're a game designer when you are playing in a game. So having these questions and thinking about these questions really help in that process. And again, it provides a great opportunity for you and your players to explain why things are different in your world without you know relying on just magic. Well, that's the episode, folks. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the Bearded Nerd Podcast and leave a review. Your reviews really help me gauge what you in the audience want to hear more of, and they help the channel grow. So make sure to leave a review and let me know how I can earn your five-star review. Until next time, though, keep gaming.